It's a fine young man podcast. It's the fine young man podcast. And our special guest is Clay Rob. He's our special guest today. Rob, you're listening to the Fine Young Men podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm Jack. Today on the Fine Young Men podcast, we have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Clay Robb. Clay is a, a very good friend of ours, and he has agreed to come on our podcast with us to be a fellow fine young man. And so, Jack, what, what, what's the plan today? Our top five favorite movies. Oh, so we all have, we've drafted a list. Each of us have a ranked list of our top five favorite movies. Interested, interested to see if there's any overlap, any differences and stuff. Let's talk about it. I guess, how should we, should we go from the bottom up, you think? Is that the best? Method. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, like, we all say our number five, and we discuss yeah. that, and then go from Right, there. and we can go from there. That's a good idea. Okay. Take it away, Clayton. Okay. <laughs> uh, number five, uh, mine is SpongeBob SquarePants the movie. Oh, that's mine as well. <laughs> yeah, as well, I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> right. I wouldn't be ashamed of myself if I left this off the list. Right. I mean, this was such a big part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's an animated movie, and a lot of people won't wouldn't agree that this is like a professional movie, but I mean, this I, I think there's, it's a there's great deeper movie. themes there's, there. Yeah, it's I a know, deep it's, movie. It was the finale to the best show ever. Right. It, it's the original writers before they went on strike, before they're gone. So this is the OG team. One last hurrah. It's the Smash this was supposed to end right something so magnificent yeah and they did it very very well they, they really did he became the manager guys he did, he did. of the crusty crab right. too yes <laughs> he got drunk off of ice cream at ice cream bar he <laughs> that whole finding was the, the whole theme of you know being a kid versus growing up i remember i, I don't know if i grasped that when i was, first watched it as a kid but i remember thinking back then like that was some that was some good messages you know no no i never under like watching the movie as a kid i didn't understand any of that but as i get older i look back on that movie and there's so many relatable moments in it mm-hmm. that i just think that went over my head but it's just it makes it so much better you know that i grew up on spongebob came out in 99 that's when i was born mm-hmm. and i pretty much watched it since i was like two years old and so to go into the theaters and see my favorite character of all time on the big screen was really really cool for me oh, so you saw it in theaters yeah, yeah did you not no i didn't oh, oh i yeah my mom never let me but oh fair enough i got to see it like right up when it came on dvd but. gotcha I, I saw it in theaters at first and then i got it on dvd and every time we went on a road trip i had those like little screens you put on the back of the car seats i'd watch that movie every time we went on vacation it's all because of that scene with spongebob with the flag in his butt my mom was like no you that's can't patrick that. man that's oh patrick. yeah <laughs> Patrick. Come on. That that scene is amazing. It was all because of that scene that my mom wanted me watching. Mom was like, no, no more. She was fine. She was fine with the very hot and strapping David Hasselhoff giving the ride. Oh yeah, see that that right. she was cute. That she enjoyed. But. That's right. <laughs> that's right. She, she was waiting for that scene. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, Andrew, all right. your turn. All right. Well, so that was that was actually my number four, but my number five is The Big Lebowski, which is a Coen Brothers film. Stars uh, Jeff Bridges. It is amazing. I love it so much. It's very the, the humor in that movie is so well done it's not so, everyone understands the humor in that that's movie. true it's very niche that's how i describe it. it's very niche it's it's you have to appreciate you know kind of the dark humor and the kind of <laughs> the surrealism of it like <laughs> oh man I, but I remember watching it the first time and just like the whole character of the dude is just mm. oh. he that is my role model right, right that that's right <laughs> I love how it's all around bowling, too. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) I've only seen it once, Uh and I really enjoyed it. I was pretty tired when I watched it. Right. But from what I remember, I was cracking up (laughs) in 
it was a good Wait, one. It's funny. I, yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. This you, one is very high on my list. I will just say Oh, yeah. That. Okay, yeah. We, we, you can talk about more. Well, you can we just talk about too. it right now. I mean. Right, yeah. What, what number is it on your list? For me, this is my all-time favorite This movie. is your oh, number one. Yes. This is it. We've this... stumbled upon Clay's number one off the bat. Yes. It, yeah, there we it, go. It's good. Well, I, Clay, tell us, like, tell us more about your – What is why is it your favorite movie? Just the humor in this, for some reason, just really speaks to me. I love the dude. That that His whole persona, that is mm-hmm. what I live by. You know, He doesn't right. have a care in the world. He just you know lives one day like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like John, tomorrow could be his last day. Right. John Goodman character is like the Vietnam vet. Yes. Like, so Oh, uh, Walter is so my funny. favorite character. <laughs> oh my goodness! You're out of your element, Donnie. Like, like, <laughs> dude, and poor Donnie never gets to say a single oh word. Gosh, and then Walter, I, I um, once was perusing a library and I found this book on like deeper analysis of the Coen Brothers films, and there was this whole chapter dedicated to the Big Lebowski and like deeper themes with it. And I was just skimming through, but the Coen Brothers are, are master of their craft. Like they're mm-hmm. very good. They're very intentional of how they set up scenes, the elements of all of the characters and their development, um, like deeper themes of morality and stuff like that. I think in the Big Lebowski, it's a little bit more of a comedy, so maybe you won't see that mm-hmm. as prevalently or as prevalent. But there's definitely, if you're gonna look for you know deeper meaning in films, the Coen Brothers is a great place to start. And I think the Big Lebowski has so much to offer in that regard too. And fun fact about Steve Buscemi during 9/11. <laughs> Steve Buscemi <laughs> during 9/11. Continue, Jack. Anyways, throughout his life, he had been a firefighter or he did it as like a volunteer and so during 9-11 he went into the building to help save people and no one knew who he was throughout all the chaos so he just went on in there and started helping out with the entire thing right so super selfless guy yeah he was he was i think was he a volunteer fireman at that time would you say he was i know he at some point had some relation to fire and he was one of the first responders on the scene he doesn't make a big deal of it nothing like that just was like a genuinely good guy i mean seems like he's out of his element that's (laughs) <laughs> as uh as uh the big Lebowski would say but he's also have you guys seen fargo he's super good yeah that is fargo is so movie. good that's uh, that's another coen brothers film he's uh he makes that film oh, he, uh, that's a more serious comeback. movie right right, right. Yeah. <laughs> i can't get past those accents though it's like it's like oh it's yeah. like <laughs> what do you say now oh how do you do <laughs> like that sort of the, the you know upper midwest sort of northern stuff oh cracks me up minnesota like that sort yeah. of <laughs> conversation <laughs> anyway uh all right, so my number four is The Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh. That That is also my number four. That's, look at that. Look at our four and five at the exact look at these okay, We did not plan this, by the way. <laughs> look at these similarities. Goodness. Oh, All right. So why, why is that your number four then, Jack? I think it's funny. I like the way that it's filmed. It's three hours, but I'm entertained throughout the entire thing, which is something that I can't say for a lot of movies. The whole plot keeps getting more chaotic. Is it true that, um, was this the movie that, like, Jonah Hill took, like, a huge pay cut in just to be in it? Did he? I, know. I think, I think, it, I, I might be wrong here. I'm admitting I might be wrong. I think it was this movie that he did, like, for barely any pay or something like that. There was one wow. where he, it was either this or it was something. I think it was this one, though. But I think his, his chemistry of Leonardo DiCaprio caprio is insane like in this movie it's so they're so well done and i think they're good friends in real life too like there's videos of them just hanging out there's a video i think of leonardo like running up to joan hill pretending to be paparazzi but he sees just him and he's like it's like oh the joan hills are like a sigh of relief and then they go in for a hug or something
something. Like it's just it seems like they're genuinely like have good on screen chemistry. The reason I love this movie so much is because um, if you know the story or have read the book or the story about everything, the one slight problem I have with it is they kind of got the story a little bit wrong. The whole mm. point of the story was that he made all his money by screwing over millions of people. That like he made his money by screwing them over by giving them these terrible bets. Mm-hmm. And but the movie made him seem like the superhero, and it's just like so fun to watch like him like you know on, on the, all these drugs having such a super time when in reality he was screwing over all these people and then he ended up going to jail for a super long time but the movie just was like this whole roller coaster of like awesome events and it's just like super fun to watch right and the movie is definitely depicted as a character you're rooting for yeah like it's exactly never, you never see him as like you know the antagonist or anything that's very true who's the does anyone know the the name of the actor who plays like the main fbi guy going after him like, he's in a couple like cop movies i don't remember what his Oh, I don't. I should, oh, yeah, I, should, no, I, see, I should do my research before we do these podcasts because here I am just talking about it. But um, I like him a lot too. He was that whole scene with them on the yacht and like like the first confrontation with the FBI. Oh, yeah. That ah, oh, dude, I go back on YouTube sometimes just watch that over just because of like the how tense it is behind the dialogue, the build up to like where they're like, yeah, no, we're not friends. Like that sort of oh, that turn was really cool. All right, Clay, what's your number three? Number three is Reservoir Dogs. Oh, okay, Ooh, Tarantino film. Yeah, that's good. Not that many people agree with this a lot of people will say Pulp Fiction is their favorite character right. movie or some other movie but for this one for me I just I love the story the the surprise ending at the end and mm-hmm. just well, the whole movie was so suspenseful you know the whole scene with it you know stuck in the middle with you with the, the ear <laughs> oh cutting off right oh fuck. that was classic oh like that yeah, makes me like cringe I have to like it shakes my hands oh yeah but that what I really like about that movie is like starting out there's a lot of movies where like it starts out like after something's gone wrong and it's normally like I've, I've never seen it done very well except for like Reservoir Dogs like that whole like you feel for the characters and then seeing how they got there realizing oh shit you know he's undercover and then the whole screaming and pain bleeding out like yes. aspect like you're kind of confronted with the violence in that way the bond these guys have over just like a heist job you know yeah, like it's... He, he backs up it was Mr. Pink was the one that ended up being the mole he backed him up the whole time because he was like no this guy's out the mole then as soon as the end when the cops are coming in I thought wait was Mr. Pink Steve Buscemi's character I think it was his character I forget uh, I forget the whoever... name it's because that's hard when they do they're, they're names, all colors. Right? Like, they're I don't all know colors. what all the colors are, but Freaking the guy who admits yeah. he's, he's bleeding, the one who gets yeah. shot ends up being the mole at the end. He admits to the guy who's he's holding him, he's got the gun right. to his head, and he's he, and he admits, hey, I, I'm the mole, and the police are coming in, and then yeah. the movie just ends, and you're a gunshot. Right. And he knows he just shoots him because he's like, it's, it's, like, it's well, betrayal of the highest order. Yeah. This guy has stood I, up for I, him. I shot all these people right. for you. Right. I laid my life on the line. Right. I just, waited here then, with the cops to protect you, and, and you were the mole. You're the cop. Yeah, you're the cop. Right. And the whole if you listen to that scene too, like right. In that final confrontation, Mr. Pink, he's got them, he's one of the diamonds. He runs out, it's Steve Buscemi's character, he runs out to their parking lot and he turned the audio up really high. You can, it's kind of ambiguous. Like, you don't know, did he escape? Did he make it? Yeah. You turn up really high, you can hear the cops yelling at him to sit down. They, I think they shoot him in the leg or something. He goes, oh, fuck, fuck. And he like starts screaming and it goes yeah. down and they get him. So, like, if you turn up, you can hear that dialogue, but it's super quiet to hear. That movie gets you. So, even the, like, the scene where he's in the back of the car. And he's just screaming, yeah. like you're gonna be okay, yeah. you're gonna be. Oh, he's just like crying because it's like the, it's the woman who shot. It's this yeah. random. It's the citizens, the people he's trying to protect, right, from these criminals who attacks him. Ugh. 
It's just, it's real. I need to watch that movie again. I haven't seen, I, I saw it like once a long time ago. Mm. I remember really enjoying it, but. Right. Well, it starts not off. much to say. <laughs> it starts off too with like uh, Tarantino talking about like a oh, virgin the, for like. Like a virgin yeah. Madonna. That is one of my favorite scenes of all time. How they're talking about how Like a Virgin <laughs> by Madonna is really just a song about how she likes getting fucked by guys with huge dicks. Right. Can like, we talk about like how weird Tarantino is as an actor? A- amazing yes. director. Weird dude though. So, so weird. weird. Him, there. The feet. Right. This obsession with feet. Just the way he like interacts with people on screen in Reservoir Dogs, in Pulp Fiction. He's always just like a little off. Makes me anxious anytime I see him on screen. It's Have you so heard about Uma Thurman and yeah. her issues with him? Yeah. Like oh. she, he made her do in Kill Bill. Made her do that Jeep scene. Which yeah. And then she got what? What was she it? Like hurt. whiplash or something? Yeah. She crashed and got hurt because she she wasn't comfortable with it. But he like made her do it. And also that scene where she gets spit on, he was the one who wanted to spit on her, and he spit oh, on her, which is why would you request that? Isn't that weird? No, he's a super like creepy dude, fucked up dude, makes great movies, but it's completely fucked yeah. up. Like. So what's yours, Andrew? Your next one? Uh, mine is also um, a Tarantino film, but it's Pulp Fiction. Okay. Uh, which is very, I feel like that's the stereotypical, like, which Tarantino, oh yeah, Pulp Fiction. But Yeah, well, it's for a reason. Right, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, a good movie. movie. It's a good movie. Ah, I just, I really, I remember the first time I, this is the first Tarantino film I think I saw. So the the whole style of the show, the aesthetic of the movie, that it's not like in chronological order, it's kind of chopped mm-hmm. up a little bit. And just, I love, I love Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta. Their, chemi- their chemistry cannot be beat on screen. Like, that was so well done. I heard too, John Travolta coming out, he was picked from this, from Tarantino's specific specifically wanted him after seeing him I think in what was it Grease what's that musical like the slick hair or something Should like that Grease. yeah I think Grease and he saw saw him there and was like oh like I want him on my movie when he hadn't had any huge like stuff like this before like nothing in that mm. same vein and so it was it was kind of taking like a risk and I think it it paid off that movie there's a reason it's a cult classic like there's a reason yeah. people love it it's hilarious it's dark it's you know it's well, fast paced John Travolta dancing to the, that Chuck Berry song right right like, oh. it's etched in your memory you know yeah. think of the the fucking basement scene. What's his name? Oh, what what's Marcellus or whatever? Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. What's his? I don't. I, don't I just skipped through that name. scene the first yeah. time watching it, and then you know. Anyway, it's it's a, it's a that's my number three anyway. So my number three is super bad. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Seth Rogen films. It's another cult classic. I love McLovin. McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? The now? cop scenes. Like, I don't know. I wonder what he looks up. like now. Right. I heard when he was on set, he wasn't like old enough to do that like scene with that girl. They had to have his mom on set because what? he was like under eighteen or something. I think he was under eighteen when it, they were filming it. Like while that scene was going on, his mom was there like watching it because like legally they had to have that. Gosh, I it, thought it was hilarious. Dude, I love uh, Seth. Uh, his friend in the movie, Jonah Hill was twenty four. Michael Sarah was nineteen. Where's who? Jonah played? Hill was twenty four. He was twenty four during it. Yeah, he's thirty six now. They actually seen like teenagers. Right. They do a good Evan, you know, show it's not Evan like... and Seth, yeah. Right. Because yeah. it was supposed to be based off Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who wrote the movie. And Joan Hill was supposed to be Seth and then right. Evan's Evan Goldberg. I don't know. This his, his awkward nature, like the encounters with him and Becca, remember when he like accidentally like punches her in the boob? <laughs> right. Oh, that was one of my favorite scenes. It's just... 
That movie's just pure. Uh, Michael Sarah in general oh is just a he's such a pure soul. He's an interesting man. Have you seen yeah. uh, Scott Pilgrim versus? Oh Marvel yeah, he's that was a good one. He's good. In I that. like that. He's really, that was that was snappy. It's a good film. Also, this is the end. Have you seen that? No, I don't think that's I have. another that's film that I love so much. Oh my gosh, no one's seen it, but it's a really good one. Yeah, Pretty much sure. the premise is that all these celebrities are trapped in James Franco's house while <laughs> the world is ending, and they just have to survive. And a bunch of crazy stuff goes down. That's but so it's, funny. It's really Does James Franco play himself in that? Yeah, they all play themselves. That's so funny. Yeah, it has Jonah Hill, James Franco, Seth Rogen, Danny McBride. Oh my god. All, all kinds of people, yeah. That sounds hilarious. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, Clay, what's your next one? Uh, my number two movie is uh, The Big Short. Not that many people consider this in their top five movies, but for me, this one is one of my favorites. I, I've read the book and everything. I'm just huge into everything that happens in this movie. It's all about the 2008 recession and how these well, the multiple people discovered what was going to happen before it happened. And one of the main characters, Michael Burry, what he does is he's a hedge fund manager of all these, all these huge investors, and he discovers this bubble. And so he gets the banks to create this, like, this seed it's basically insurance and then he right. ends up making a ton of money off it and so do a bunch of other people who figure right. it out it's a documentary or not a documentary but it's a true story right it's, it's cool they're like betting against the economy yeah like they can see they see what's coming like they see the storm on the horizon yeah. and they're and everyone's like no you're crazy like there's no no yeah. no we're, they they, they call these guys crazy for years right and then they ended up making millions of money but the thing is at the end it's kind of a sad story because they make millions but then at the same time people around the world right. are losing their jobs losing their homes dying like right. it's a huge the economy collapses but these couple of people saw it happening and they made all this money but it's like catch 22 right. you know right all these people suffered from it so. i think well i think they do a good job in the movie showing that too like steve carell's character just like the whole time he's just he's disgusted like he's like he's like i can't believe this yeah. is like this this is what we're doing like he's like seeing what the banks are doing and then like when he makes that money, he doesn't care. He's just, he's so pissed off yeah. that this happened. And then his whole character is going through the, the emotion of his, like, his brother committing suicide and that, like, because he didn't have enough money and all that. So there's all these, like, angles that comes in and it gets really You know really what's interesting intense. about that, too, yeah, is off. that's not what actually happened. Oh, like, I didn't book, know that, no. They changed the thing for the movie just because... In the book, there was like a, a huge situation that made him, you know, become depressed like that. But it mm-hmm. was because his son was actually killed by his, um, like, they had a night nurse that accidentally fell asleep and rolled over on his son oh, in the bed. Whoa. And that's, yeah, so his son was killed. She woke that, up, like, suffocating a or child. I, it was like something she, that happened with, she accidentally rolled over on the baby and it stop. died or died in its sleep somehow. Horrible. But the whole thing with his brother jumping off like that was made up for the uh. movie. I thought it would make more sense for that for some reason right. I guess I think, it's kind of dark you know his, yeah. his own son was killed by the nightmares but that's super dark I didn't realize that was yeah that was in the book I read the book actually because right. I love the movie so much I was like I'm gonna read the book what I like about the movie too is like it takes it has those little like scenes where it explains the complicated aspects of the financial crisis kind of does it mm-hmm. like in a fun little way like they do stuff like poker they have like Margot Robbie in a mm-hmm. bathtub like they just oh, yes. they make it like entertaining so you're, you're understanding kind of even if you don't fully grasp it you kind of get the themes of what happened and what took place and why it's a big deal and as for someone who has very limited experience you know studying economy that was really helpful for me because i was like oh i I guess i can understand kind of when they do Mm -hmm. see examples i could get more of what happened in that sense all right what's your next one andrew all right doing number two now yeah my number two is uh fear and loathing in las vegas oh my goodness this movie (laughs) is just like a whole trip like it's a literal trip just constant (laughs) 
uh, drug usage, but it's it's really well done. Um, it stars um, Johnny Depp and Benicio, Benicio del Toro. I think I'm saying his name right. It's done so well. The humor in the movie is hilarious. It's crazy. It's outlandish, but it's like still. I know it's gritty. There's a, there's a certain level of unease you feel as they go descend more and more into chaos. Think about the scene where he wakes up in his like the second hotel room, which is like a lizard tail, and, like liquid all around him. It's mm -hmm. trashed and just like a mannequin in the toilet, and just it's crazy. And it's based off of real dude like a real author and his say his attorney or lawyer or something like that who actually went missing it's done really well he actually he makes a cameo in it too right there's that one scene where he's they're going johnny depp's like going through like a memory when he took lsd for the first time looking he's at a party he's like oh shit that's me wait what the fuck that's me and he's looking it's the actual dude he's based off of yeah, dressed well, the same yeah maybe uh, i gotta be honest with you i'm not sure i completely remember the time i watched the movie right but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well yeah it's a good it's a, test that. right it's a good it's a good movie i mean if you're not watching that movie impaired in some way like that's that's kind of the whole vibe yeah, of it yeah, so yeah. you know the the finer details get lost in the mix as yeah, it were <laughs> so my number two is monsters inc i think the premise is genius i don't know who came up with it but it works it's a bunch of monsters in a factory with doors that can go into a bunch of random kids closets right. that's ter <laughs> as a kid that's terrifying too the whole premise that monsters just have access to your room so yeah but like... i remember as a kid looking at these monsters and like huh they're actually friendly Right. You know, I wonder if that was what they were going for. Kids that are scared of monsters under their bed or hiding in their closet or wherever it may be, that everyone, even if you're afraid of them, may not be as scary as you think. Yeah, maybe they're your friend. Maybe you know. they're your best friend you can go on a you know two-hour feature film adventure with. Like, maybe that's the whole purpose of the monsters. I think it's more of an hour and a half. Or an hour and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. fair. <laughs> we're, we're splitting hairs here. Um, but, but Mike was asking. <laughs> you know, it kind of proves that you know, those monsters are kind of a real thing. You know, I remember you see... You know, argue with my parents like right. like there's a monster in the bed and she'd be like no it's not real like you know you ever seen monsters Inc? you know it's yeah, fucking mom. real yeah, mom, you took me to theater don't closet. tell me yeah don't tell me that's not true <laughs> Oh, but that's yeah. so true. And Boo was adorable. Boo was adorable. Oh my goodness, God. little pigtails. She's so cute. <laughs> well, that was that's her whole thing. Like she wasn't she wasn't afraid. And then it was like because the mon the cool thing the monsters Inc. is that they're afraid of the kids, right? It's like it's like what? But what I'm supposed to be afraid of them? But like no, they're afraid of us. They have the whole you know quarantine procedures when there's socks on their back and oh. like when kids run in. So it's like twenty three nineteen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Is that so, the exact number? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Oh and so just realizing you know like wait they're also afraid. Like, what? And then the end when they're like, oh, wait, no, we can do laughs instead of screams. You know, that yeah. that whole shift is really cool. And then the whole character of Randall, the chameleon. Oh, he's horrifying. Oh, does Steve Buscemi. So yeah, Steve Buscemi. He's so <laughs> scary. Buscemi is like all over yeah. this list. Dude, Steve Buscemi is an icon, an absolute hero. But that, that scene where he has like the, the suction thing. And he's going to like uh, oh, get Michael's ass. Oh, that was horrifying. Like the, the Spider Man. Right. Yeah. And then the henchman gets hit. And he's like, yeah. and then he's like, oh, oh, no. he's all pale and got the lips. He's like, <laughs> that was that was freaky, but it was he was such a cool villain. Yeah, then the the spider did. I don't know what his name was, but he was freaky too. Oh yeah, oh. I just solely stuff animal, mm -hmm. and I found it recently in my attic. And now when he talks, it's just <laughs> it's really freaky. But I remember as a kid, I would snuggle up with it, and I'd wake up to it talking, and it it, it was scary. That is freaky. I would want to yeah. wake up to a monster plushie talking to me. Yeah, pretty much. It's a little terrifying. What's your number one? My Andrew? number my number one 
one. This is my all-time favorite movie, No Country for Old Men. I haven't seen it. It is. I need to. It is by the Coen Brothers, the same as The Big Lebowski. It is so artfully done. I'm going through the book right now. The book's um, by, um, oh my, Cormac McCarthy, who also wrote The Road. And the movie is done so well. It stars um, Javier Bedim, Josh Brolin, uh, Woody Harrelson as well. But it's done so well. Anton Chigurh, the character of Javier Bedim's character. Mm-hmm. Talk about a wow. textbook psychopath. That dude is freaky. Yeah. The first time I saw that, it starts out with him strangling a police deputy with, you know, his handcuffs just bleeding out from the jugular like it's it starts off intense right mm-hmm. and he's just no emotion the, everyone knows like the scene when he's in the gas station the, the coin flip mm-hmm. you know call it like that oh it gives you chills and there's all these i've read some analysis of the deeper themes you know talking about how they set the shots talking about like the, what the characters represent um like Llewellyn moss who's played by josh brolin being the, the gray side of morality javier bedin's character being the dark side and to- oh uh sheriff ed tom bell who's played by um Oh, I'm blanking on the name. Men in Black, dude. Help me out here. Will Smith? Not Will Smith. His, 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 co, his partner there. Ta- oh. Yeah. Hold on. Like, me, I cannot believe I'm blanking on him because he is literally, he is literally, it's his best performance. I can't believe I'm blanking. It's Tommy Lee Jones. Thank goodness. Tommy Lee Jones. That was a brain fart. Him as um, Sheriff Ed Tom Bell being the good side of morality. Yeah. He, I think he gives a best performance of his career in that movie. The ending, when he's describing his dream. Wait, wait, wait. I want to watch this movie. You want, okay, we got to keep oh, it somewhat, okay, yeah, spo- yeah, yeah. No, somewhat spoiler, spoiler free spoiler. for Jack. Let's watch it tonight. We can watch it tonight. Absolutely. Post-podcast, join us on a, the stream that will not happen where we actually watch this movie. But Tommy Lee Jones, oh, it's the, cinema, the cinematography, the way they establish the shots, the themes you have, the, the parallels between the characters. I cannot recommend it enough. There's like a million YouTube analysis of it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. give my own take. You know, look at those. Form your own opinions. But it is done exceptionally well. Absolutely my all-time favorite movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I watched it once when it came out on Netflix, right. and I really liked it, but it, I don't know, it didn't resonate with me the way it did with you. Maybe I gotta watch it another time. But I'm, I'm not gonna say it has to be anyone's favorite, but it is definitely. My, I also yeah, watched, I would agree. It's right. a great movie. It's it's pretty it's pretty dang solid. Um, so you know if you guys get the chance to check that out, I have Andrew highly recommends it. All right, Jack, what's your numero uno? My film? numero uno. Your numero uno film is Step Brothers. I have seen that movie (laughs) I don't know how many times. Typically, I don't like to watch a movie multiple times. I like to watch as many movies as I can in my life, so I don't try to go back and watch the same thing. But Step Brothers never gets old. I Mm. love that movie so much. We had it on DVD. I'd watch it in the back of the car all the time as a kid. Like, I watched this probably too young, but it it (laughs) killed me even then. And I love it now, starring Brennan Huff and Dale Doback, Mm -hmm. John C. Riley, and Will Ferrell. I still think of the the scene of them singing in the car with the derricks like, Bow, bow, I'm dead. He, like, hits that note. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you're so flat. You're right, you're so, so flat. flat. I'm paying money for this. Are you kidding? Your vocalists are doing nothing. Like that that whole movie, the whole drum kit thing, like, did you touch my drum kit? Why are y'all sweaty? I know cough doesn't start till four. Right. <laughs> that uh that guy comedy vibe, it hits it perfectly. Oh. Oh, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. I love it. It's also if you know if we ever get to the point in our life where we're still living with our parents at that age, it's like comforting. Look, these these at least these we're not alone, right? They're doing bunk beds, whatever. Because the whole 
whole premise of them being those man children just cracks yeah. me up. Because Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, their their chemistry is so funny. Oh, like yeah, Talladega Nights. Oh, right. Oh. It's, oh. They're just perfect for each other. And it's so funny seeing them interact, especially in that movie. They're just hilarious. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next time. Right. Thank you. Special thanks to Clay for coming out. Yeah, thanks, and Clay. And doing this with us. You're welcome. And the fellow fine young man, man, I guess, as it were. <laughs>